Good afternoon, good evening everyone. Welcome back to our channel, Thomas here. Today I'm very excited to share with you guys some tips for when you are traveling to Japan. Now these tips have been accumulated over the past five to six times that I visited Japan. Now that I'm living in Japan, I think that I have a little bit better sense of knowledge to give you guys some helpful tips for when you are visiting Japan. Now this guide for you guys is going to be quite comprehensive and detailed, but I'm going to try to keep it simple as well, just so that you're not staring at the screen and watching me blab for the next hour or whatever however long it would take to explain everything you know the most important thing for you guys is that you are coming here on vacation and so it's very important for you to just enjoy yourself not worry about too much as a foreigner we do have some exceptions i guess required that we are respectful of the rules but hey if you don't know it all it's not a big deal you're not obligated to know everything for when you do visit for the first time or even the second or third time for those of you who are a little bit more experienced with japan and do know some of the things that i am going to say i'm actually going to put in the description down below exactly each minute and uh, what number i talk about each different tip or point and so you can kind of skip through and get to what you want to know again if this video is a little bit too lengthy for you just go there and you can find the answers to your questions so of course, as time passes, things are bound to change. So don't quote me on every single thing that I say today. Of course, please do your own research uh, after watching this video to double check that everything still is up to date. But as of summer 2017, we'll say these are the most up-to-date tips for you guys to know. All right, so the first thing that we're gonna talk about is money. So in Japan, they use the currency called the yen. And so yen comes in bills and coins like most other countries. From highest to lowest, uh, for the bills it goes from 10,000 to 5,000 to 1,000. On to coins, it goes from 500, 100, 50, 10, 5, and 1. Japan most typically uses cash over cards. Now you can use cards in some places, but for the most part, most places will take only cash. So it's very important that you guys get some Japanese yen prior to coming to Japan. And from what I've noticed in most countries is that the rate is much favorable by exchanging your currency to Japanese yen back home rather than coming to Japan and getting it done here. However, you're not completely out of the loop if you do choose to get it done while here in Japan. You can get it done at the airport, a company like TravelX, or even the bank. What I've noticed is that TravelX, you know, the rates aren't very great. Banks are probably your best option while you're here but again compared to the rates back home you're probably gonna get a better rate back home especially from point of view of a Canadian if you're the type of person who doesn't like to carry around a lot of cash on you and you're kind of worried about that you can definitely come to Japan having your credit card or your debit card and you can actually get Japanese yen from ATM machines as you go you can definitely do it at places like the convenience stores like 7-eleven Family Mart, Lawson for example, and you can also use an international ATM machine at the bank as well. The rates do vary from place to place. It's dependent on the bank as well as your own bank for the service fee. So as mentioned guys, Japan is a cash society, but if you are wanting to use your credit card to pay for something, most places that can actually take it are taxis, large department stores, and the touristy areas. However, I wouldn't bank on it completely. Having some cash on you is an absolute necessity. So the next point with money is tipping in japan we're gonna make it easy for you guys 
there is no tipping um, from all the times that I visited Japan like five to six times probably six times and now that I've been living here I've never had to tip once now there may be like the rare place that may ask for a tip or you may need to tip but is not common practice here and it's not to be expected at all don't worry guys no need to tip and if you try to tip even though the service is really really good and you really want to reward the person they will actually chase you down and hand you the money back and will absolutely not take it so even though it's a nice gesture just don't bother Alright guys, so now that we got the money situation figured out, let's talk about number two, transportation. There are two major airports here in, in Tokyo, which is Narita and Haneda Airport. Narita Airport is the largest international airport here in Tokyo and the airport that you will most likely fly through. So I'm going to talk about that one in specific. So now we're going to talk about getting from Narita Airport into the city. Now there are a couple modes of transportation that you can take. There are buses, trains and even taxis. Now the first thing we're going to talk about are buses and what options you have for those. And the time for all the buses are anywhere between 60 to 100 minutes from the airport to where you need to go. The first is the limousine bus which is the most expensive out of all the buses that I will mention. The limousine bus does stop at most major hotels in Tokyo and the price for one way is 3,100 yen. For a round trip it's 4,500 yen. The second option is the Tokyo shuttle bus. Now, if you make a reservation ahead of time, it's 900 yen. However, when you pay at the airport, it's 1,000 yen. The limitation to the Tokyo shuttle bus is that it only stops at one place, which is the Yaesu exit at Tokyo Station. The third option is the Access Narita bus. Now, this costs 1,000 yen, and you can pay again at the airport. And this will take you to two stations, Ginza Station and Tokyo Station. So the second option that we're going to talk about guys are trains. Now if you have a little bit more money to fork out, I highly recommend the next option if you are interested in taking the train. The first is the Narita Express which is called the NEX. It's 4,000 yen for a round trip and 2,100 yen for children from 6 to 11 years old. Your stay must be maximum of two weeks. So the round trip or the NEX only works if you are staying in Japan from anywhere from one day to two weeks time. It's very comfortable and the NEX stops at most major train stations, for example, Shibuya, Shinjuku, Ikebukuro, and etc. The second option for trains is the Keisei Limited Narita Express, which costs around 1,190 to 1,230 yen. Now, the Keisei Narita Limited Express stops at Nippori Station, which is one of the major stations on the Yamanote Line. The Yamanote Line is probably the most used line in Tokyo that brings you to most of the major train stations that you can transfer to. So when you go to Nippori Station, you can transfer on the Yamanote to the bigger stations. So that is another option and more of a local train for you guys. Now, the last option is, of course, taxis. Now, this is not a mode of transportation that I would recommend to anybody, to be honest. But if you're adamant that you do take a private taxi, it's going to cost anywhere from 20,000 to 30,000 yen, which is quite expensive and again, not recommended, but an option for you guys. So something else that I should mention to you guys that is actually very important is a JR Pass. Now, if you are entering Japan on a tourist visa with a foreign passport, you guys can actually purchase a JR Pass in your home country first. And then when you come to Japan, you can have it activated at most major train stations or even at the airport. So how this will benefit you is if you actually use your JR Pass and have it activated at the airport, you can actually use that JR Pass as a way to get to, into the city and then when you're in the city, travel around without paying extra for a train ticket from the airport into the city. Your JR Pass can cover that. However, please do note that when you do activate your JR Pass, the start date is when it will start to work to the end, which is it can be anywhere from seven days, 
14 days or 21 day pass. So just be careful when you are choosing to activate it. And so you really need to plan out your itinerary and make sure that it makes sense for you to activate it the day that you do get into Japan. From personal experience, what I've done is I've come to Japan, for example, on 14 days and maybe part of the trip only for seven days, I'm going outside of Tokyo. And so I didn't activate it until I was leaving Tokyo so I can take the Shinkansen and have my JR Pass cover all those costs. So again, you can do it at the airport or you can activate your JR Pass at a major train station at the travel service center and then begin your days from there. Have all your Shinkansen covered for to where you need to go and also in between that take as many trains as you need to as long as it's JR and you will not have to pay anything additional to your JR Pass. From what I have researched, there are three different types of the JR Pass, as I just mentioned, seven days, 14 days, and 21 days. Again, this is subject to change as time goes. However, this is most up to date as of right now, summer 2017, we'll say. So I'm gonna read it out to you guys. I can't remember all the numbers in my head uh, because I am not Einstein. So I'm gonna just say it now. So seven days for an adult is 29,110 yen. For children is 14,550. For a 14-day pass, it's 46,390 yen for an adult and 23,190 for children. 21-day pass, 59,350 for an adult and 29,670 for children. And obviously this is in Japanese yen, not dollars because we would be broke as. If you want more information regarding the JR Pass, please visit their website, which we will link down below. Alright, so now that we've talked about how to get from the airport into the city and your options such as a JR Pass, if you're not using your JR Pass within the city, there are a couple options that you can use to get around. Now, before I say anything else, trains are the most convenient way of getting around and hence why I'm going to go into detail about it. So what you can do is actually to get around the city is use an IC card which can be prepaid. So there's two different types of cards. There's a Suica and the Pasmo which is good within Tokyo and surrounding areas. However, when you are further out, you may not be able to use it. The convenience of having one of these cards is that you can just load money into it and scan in and out of the train stations as you go. So when you do purchase a card, you do have to put a deposit of 500 yen, which you actually can get back. So for example, if I get the card and I load 2000 yen in there, there's only gonna be 1500 yen uh, worth to use when you are scanning in and out. However, at the end of your trip, if you do want your 500 yen back, you can actually put the card into the machine where you do charge your Suica or your Pasmo and you can actually have an option to get your money back and destroy the card. However, it does make for a great souvenir and the card is actually good for 10 years. So what I've done personally, I've just taken it back with me knowing that I visit Japan again and I just came back and used the same card. The Suica can also be used conveniently at convenience stores, vending machines, and even getting onto the bus. So there, it's pretty cool. You could just scan you can go to 7-eleven for example buy a drink and just go beep with your Suica card and pay for it that way so it's very convenient and I don't understand why they just don't have if they're gonna use Suica you might as well just use credit cards etc etc but anyways that's a whole different story all right so the other option for you guys if you don't want to use the Pasmo or the Suica cards you guys can actually purchase tickets to get from place to place so for example if you want to go from Shibuya to Tokyo you can get a specific ticket for a certain price uh, from one station to the other. However, what I've noticed is that the tickets are a little bit more expensive than if you were to scan, for example, from Shibuya and exit at Tokyo Station. You're gonna benefit a little bit with the Suica and Pasmo, and again, it's a little bit more convenient, uh, less hassle. However, if you do wanna use tickets, there are some benefits to it if you do purchase the one day, two day, or three day passes, which you can actually travel unlimited on the JR line or the Tokyo metros. 
So sometimes the tickets are a little bit of a benefit. However, for the most part, I've noticed that Paso Nostrica is more convenient, hassle-free, and good all around. All right, so now we know how to get on the train, but how in the world do we figure out how to get from one place to another? Looking at the Tokyo maps that you see at the train station can be a freaking headache, guys. Headache, guys, and it's like looking at a maze, and you'll probably be standing there with your mouth open like, for a long time. So, to make your life easier, use Google Maps if you do have internet. However, if you don't have internet while you're out and about, if you can find a Wi-Fi spot prior to, you can actually download an app called maps.me. It's an offline map that you can download so that when you do lose internet connection when you are going out, you can use that to navigate around. Unfortunately, Google Maps does not have an offline map for Tokyo. Train tip for you guys. Best idea if you can to avoid the train during rush hour, especially in the morning time or when people are getting off work because Japan is notoriously known to have super duper packed trains and it is true that people will, not people, but the people who work for the train on a platform will actually be shoving people onto the train just to get them on there so that there isn't a big log jam for the next train. So if you want to avoid that, especially if you're traveling with young children, um, you kind of don't want to be caught up in that situation or if you don't want somebody's sorry, like pouch against you, then try to avoid that. Uh, another travel tip for you guys on the train is that if you actually are at the platform, you can actually see numbers usually along the platform and uh, you can see exactly which cart you would be getting on. So this is very helpful, for example, if you did lose something or meet someone at a certain time on a certain train, on a certain cart, you can all arrange that quite easily. So have a look for that, guys. So point number three, now you know how to get your money, how to get from place to place. Now you have a bunch of luggage with you and you're like, dang, what do I do with that? Well, there's a couple options for you guys. Um, and one thing for first timers is there are a lot of stairs here in Tokyo, especially train station. And sometimes the elevator or escalators are quite far away or not very convenient from where you are. And so you might as well lift your luggage up the stairs so just a tip for you guys try not to pack too heavy but if you do and you don't want to walk all around with your luggage while for example you're waiting to check into your hotel you arrived to tokyo a little bit early there are actually coin lockers at a lot of major train stations and even the smaller ones so the locker sizes vary from small to large and the cost is about 300 to 600 yen all day long so you can actually leave your luggage in there and go and do your thing and then come and get it afterwards. If you're a big shopper and you visit a department store or you just don't want to again carry around your luggage while you're waiting to check into your hotel, you can actually see the service or information desk and ask them if you can actually leave your luggage with them and they will actually do it safely for you for a cost of usually about 500 yen. However, a nice travel tip for you guys is if you are shopping there and you let them know that you're gonna be buying some stuff or they see that you got the bags in your hand and you show them that, they can actually store your luggage for free. Now, may not be for all places and again, this is subject to change, so worth a try when you are over at the department stores anyways. Now, if you're traveling solo and you got a lot of luggage with you or if you're traveling with children or in groups or for whatever reason that you have a lot of luggage and you don't wanna carry it from place to place, you don't wanna haul it up and down the stairs, there is a delivery service called Takuhai Bean and what they do is they actually can transport your luggage from the airport to wherever you need it to be or whatever address or you can do it vice versa from that address over back to the airport on your way back home. So it's a great service to use if you don't want to carry things up and down the stairs. Alright guys, point number four. So, point number four, Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi! 
we we are going to talk about wi-fi in japan there are plenty of hotspots and plenty of areas that you can actually connect to wi-fi most major train stations will have wi-fi there for example shibuya you can actually go to the visitor information desk and ask for a wi-fi password which you can connect to their network uh, i believe exclusively in shibuya a place that you can do that is for example right at the main crossing there's this famous statue called hachiko across from that is this green little train or what people call the green bus even though i believe it's a train cart you can go in there during service hours and actually ask for the wi-fi password other places for example is like ginza ginza has free wi-fi all around or actually most convenience stores can have free wi-fi that you can connect to for about i think 15 to 30 minutes at a time or starbucks for example however what i've noticed is even though there's a high abundance of these type of places the connection is not always superb and it's more of a nuisance more than anything to try to go and connect and rely on that as your sole internet connection coming from what i've experienced I would highly recommend finding another option of where you can have internet more easily accessible. So this gets me into three alternative options that you can do aside from solely relying on these Wi-Fi hotspots. The first is roaming with your own phone plan from back home. Number two are SIM cards and number three is renting a Wi-Fi box. So number one, uh, roaming, again, this is really dependent on your phone company back home and what plans they offer. However, if you're in Japan for usually a short stay, it's not too bad to use it. You can get by with just using, again, something like Google Maps or maps.me and so not doing too much browsing when you're out. The second option are SIM cards. There's a variety, seven days, 14 days for a variety of prices from many different companies. You can get SIM cards at the airport or even electronic stores such as big camera can offer sim cards to foreigners as well so have a look around those however the best option in my opinion from what i've experienced is a third option which is renting a wi-fi box which usually goes from about four thousand to five thousand yen per week and you will have unlimited wi-fi access that can connect up to 10 devices lte and 4g speed so usually it's quite fast and you can just do a bunch of browsing. Usually the battery is good all day. In my opinion, this is the best option because actually what I've noticed is that SIM cards are a little bit sneaky. What they say is that you have unlimited Wi-Fi access up to a certain amount of gigabytes per day. So for example, if you used over three gigabytes in a day, that may be the limit that they set on it then that sim card is actually not usable for the they actually put like a limit on you basically like time out where you can't use the sim card for at least a full day or a couple days before you can use it again because you use too much in one day so it's actually not unlimited even though they claim that's unlimited so best option wi-fi box for you guys all right so number five we're going to talk about electricity so what i mean by that is using your electronic devices here in japan and being able to plug it into the wall for some of you who are coming outside of japan you may need an adapter what they use in japan are two flat prongs so some places i've noticed in north america or some electronic devices have the two flat prongs plus the bottom round piece you're actually going to need an adapter for that for the most part in eastern japan their electrical current is 100 volts and 50 hertz ac whereas the west they use 100 volts and and 60 hertz ac all right number six this way this way don't know which way you guys are seeing but number six uh, is accommodation so uh, accommodation here in japan can range from anywhere from pretty super cheap to pretty darn expensive so it just depends where you want to stay at for example the cheapest to most expensive from what i have researched and from what i've experienced is a manga cafe number two would be a capsule hotel number three are airbnbs now airbnbs uh, 
can range from cheap to expensive, so maybe, but for the most part, we'll say it's in the middle. Number four are business hotels, and number five are the standard expensive international hotels. So it just depends what your comfort level is and where you'd like to stay. There are many options for you guys, and if you do want more information on this, I can go into detail at another video. However, I will be talking for a long time about accommodation if we go into detail about every single option. In my personal experience, I found that Airbnbs or business hotels were actually the most comfortable and affordable for my budget. And the nice travel tip for you guys, some Airbnbs actually offer pocket Wi-Fi. So it's a deal that you can kind of strike or find with the host of the Airbnb. A tip for Airbnb, I would always check reviews and just make sure that there's a good rating. You do your research well because you know, again, with, with anything, with any accommodation, you can be a hit or miss. But from my experience, I found that Airbnbs have been awesome. All right, number seven, we're going to talk about language. So I would say for the most part, the major cities in Japan are quite English friendly. However, it kind of depends what we're talking about too. Some maps, signs, ticket machines, usually those are English friendly and have English available. However, I would say for the most part, the English proficiency level here in Japan are of Japanese citizens or local Japanese isn't as high as one would expect, uh, especially in the major cities. However, it doesn't mean that they're not friendly, they're not gonna help you. Uh, Japanese people are actually really, really nice and will do their best to help you. It's one thing that they're known for in their culture is to provide great hospitality. Some tips for you is you can definitely approach someone if you do need help and if you can, try your best to use some Japanese terms or study a little bit Japanese prior to coming into Japan. Now again, you don't need to know everything, just know like very basic things like excuse me or thank you, like those kind of little basic terms. And when you do that, your intimidation factor is much lower. When you approach someone and try to use Japanese, it shows that you're trying and you're making an effort to communicate with them and ask for their help genuinely uh, rather than just going up to them and just in English and saying all these things that they won't understand and then they kind of get freaked out. Now one thing to note is that you don't want to be bothering a busy businessman. Not saying that not, not all of them will help you. I'm sure some of them will but for the most part they may kind of give you the cold shoulder and be like don't bother me. Again you can probably ask like a service center, information desk or a random person on the street too. Alright, so some very basic Japanese terms for you guys. I am not a Japanese expert, but it seems to work for me here. So, hello is konnichiwa. Excuse me is sumimasen. Thank you is arigato gozaimasu. Station is eki. So you can say, for example, Shibuya eki or Tokyo eki or Shinjuku eki. Just say the station name and then follow by eki after that for station. The last one, which is very important, is toire, which is toire. Toilet is toilet, so the washroom. So those are, I think, the most common words that you can know. And if you want to know more, again, do a little bit of research. But even those very basic terms can help you guys out. Alright, number eight, we're going to talk about trash in Japan. To make it very simplified for you guys, trash cans are a rarity in Japan. And so it's very important, guys, that you carry maybe like a plastic bag on you or even a backpack to keep your trash momentarily while you are in search of a trash can. Now, finding a trash can can be like a game, but I'm going to make it easy for you guys. Some tips for you guys. For the most part, convenience stores usually have a trash can there. Some vending machines may have a cycling bin for bottles only. Usually, train stations, once you enter the gate, you might be able to find a garbage can there. So trash cans are not 
that readily available. However, ironically, Japan for the most part is super duper duper clean. So one thing I've noticed in Japan is that Japan is very adamant about separating trash. Now, just tip for you guys, you don't need to know everything again, but usually at the hotel that you're staying at or the accommodation such as Airbnb, uh, the host will usually kind of leave some rules for you guys to just generally separate your cash. It's not cash, trash. That'd be nice, you leave your cash for them. But separate your trash uh, accordingly and usually it's not too hard to follow but just try to be respectful of that and separate it when you can. Now fun fact, the reason why there aren't trash cans out in public and available for everybody is because it is an anti-terrorism measure it started after 1995 when there's a cult attack where these crazy people left explosives in the Tokyo subways in the public trash cans and so ever since then they kind of decided to just remove that just so that that won't ever be an issue again. So number nine, Japan has a very respectful, polite culture and mannerisms is very important. And so one thing I want to talk about is eating while walking or walking while eating, eating while walking, I think eating while walking. It's not a general rule per se that you cannot do it. You're not going to be fine for it. The police aren't going to get you for that. However, it's not recommended that you eat while you are walking. Um, it's just considered rude and kind of looked down upon. So it's just more polite if you try to avoid doing that. Also eating on the train or drinking on the train. You know, I've actually seen some Japanese people do it and foreigners do it. However, it's just best that you don't do it unless absolutely necessary if you're going hypoglycemic or something like that. Another thing is talking loudly in public or especially like areas such as the train. The Japanese people are very good at reading or what we say kind of reading the air or the atmosphere. They're gonna notice small things like that that we North Americans or wherever you may be coming from may not really notice. The so noise level is something that you kind of want to keep on a low in areas that require. So for example, if you're at a bar or something, that's totally fine, you have fun, you do your thing. But if you're on the train and you're speaking really loud and obnoxiously, don't be surprised if you kind of get some people kind of staring at you funny for doing that because again, it is considered a little bit rude. So just kind of be mindful of that. So last thing I want to talk about uh, for the politeness and mannerisms here in Japan is, you know, there's actually quite a bit, but guys, again, you're not obligated to know everything, but just try to be respectful when you can. And one thing that I've noticed is cameras. You can definitely take pictures out in public, but try not to be up in people's faces and taking pictures of them. You know, people don't really like to be in your picture if they can. It's not kind of what I know. It's like in Western culture, if you're taking a picture, some people might come behind you and photobomb you and throw up peace signs like that. In Japan, they're more kind of like, eh, I don't want to be in your photo. Or if you're going to be like indoors in a department store, um, just be respectful and ask if you can take a photo first prior to doing it because some places might be like please no photos You're getting other customers in your camera or we just don't want you to take photos of our product because they think that you might be some sort of competition So just try to be attentive to that and ask when you can when you are indoors All right, so number 10 we're gonna talk about smoking Smoking is prohibited while walking or while in public areas unless otherwise specified so You see a designated smoking area in public or indoors uh, you can definitely have a smoke there. What I've noticed living here in Japan is that compared to Canada, there is a much higher smoking rate or population that smokes. Not all places regulate not being able to smoke indoors. They still allow it in many places. For example, such as restaurants and bars, uh, they still have smoking indoors. However, some places do make an effort to try to separate it, but you may kind of be able to smell it in the air a little bit. Number 11, 
drinking. So ironically and contrary to smoking, you can actually drink everywhere. There are drinks like alcoholic beverages that you can buy at vending machines all over the city, for example, like Tokyo, or even at the convenience store. And you can drink from daytime to nighttime and I've seen police pass by people just drinking out in public and nothing happens. They don't really bat an eye to it. And the drinking age in Japan starts from 20. So fun fact for you guys is that, well, kind of a fun fact is that during Sakura season, for example, many people go out to the parks where there is cherry blossom trees, sit under the tree and have a drink with their friends. And one thing that I've noticed about Japanese people is again, they're very polite and respectful cultures that even though they get drunk, they are not rowdy and crazy people. They would actually rather pass out alone on a park bench or on the train before bothering someone. So don't worry about publicly intoxicated people. They are usually for the most part pretty harmless and quite respectful. So number 12, we are gonna talk about walking. Yes, walking, not that you need to walk a certain way and shake your booty a certain way, but it's just walking on which side or standing on which side. So for the most part, you should be walking on the left side. However, I've noticed that not everyone follows this rule and I think people in Tokyo kind of just go freestyle with it, to be honest. They just kind of go like and crisscross you and do all this crazy stuff. So it's not a rule that you really need to be super attentive to. However, the one thing that you do need to be attentive to being on the left side are escalators. This is very important that if you are standing on an escalator, you best get your body on the left side and then you can walk on the right side. Let people pass on the right. You're just being courteous, it's very polite and very standard and normal here in Tokyo. However, if you are in a city like Osaka, it's actually reversed where people stand on the right and pass on the left. Uh, Travel tip for you guys, don't be that guy who stands on the wrong side because during rush hour, a grumpy businessman may just shove you out of the way or people might just give you that death glare, you know what I mean? So try to stand on the left side in Tokyo, right side for Osaka. So check the city that you are visiting prior to getting on those escalators just to be sure. So number 13, we are gonna talk about emergencies. To call the police, you dial 110, and to call the ambulance or fire department, you call 119. So in the case that there is an emergency and you don't speak the language, I'm sure that if you scream for help and do this with your hands, it's a universal language and somebody's gonna notice you. So don't be afraid to ask for help, but again, those are the helpful numbers that you can call when needed. Alright guys, that concludes my travel guide and tips for you guys. I really hope that that was useful. And again, I just hope that it wasn't overwhelming for a lot of you. If this is vacation and you guys need to enjoy it the best you can, don't worry about too much about the little things and all the little rules and tips that you need to remember. But I just hope that, you know, some of the things that I've said today can kind of stick into your mind and something that you can take with you when you are visiting Japan. Please do leave a comment down below if I did forget anything that you want to know and I'll do my best to either answer it in the comments or create a new video altogether. It just depends what the popular demand is. I do apologize if I didn't get anything super correct for you guys or super accurate. Again, things are bound to change. So please let me know if I missed anything. But if you can, please give me a thumbs up because I blabbed a lot for this video and I hope you guys enjoyed that. I will show you guys some bloopers for this video because not everything is perfecto behind the camera. Hope you guys again enjoy this video. Please leave a comment if anything and have a wonderful day. Enjoy your vacation. Much love guys. Peace. No! Good, not good morning guys, good afternoon, and good evening. All right, so an honorable mention, no, not honorable mention, but blah, 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 blah.
So from what I've researched, let me turn it a little bit. Bueno, bueno, bueno. Okay, you can go to a mango cafe. <laughs> mango cafe. Okay, start over. What are you doing? Are you starting? Yes. <laughs> 